Welcome. This is DeForest Soares Jr. My friends call me Buster. My enemies do too. This is the D-Free Podcast. We call it In the Black because we want everybody, especially, especially black people, to be in the black. That means you own more than you owe. You make more than you spend. Your assets are greater than your liabilities. Be in the black. This podcast is sponsored by Prudential, and it is owned by the D-Free Movement. My co-host is Tamika Stembridge, attorney, hip-hop retiree, and all things genius. Welcome to me. Thank you, guys, and welcome to D-Free in the Black. This episode of the D-Free in the Black podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prudential. When I was a teenager during the 1960s, there was a term that was commonly used among a variety of organizations, and that term was unity without uniformity. The idea was that we could be unified even though we disagreed on various strategies and philosophies. Now, fast forward to today, and what I believe we can all agree on, despite our differences, is that black people are better off with less debt than more debt. I I don't think there's any religious conflict. I don't think there's any political conflict. I don't think there's any philosophical conflict with that assumption. And if we agree that our people would be better off with less debt, meaning less debt gives us the ability to invest money. No debt gives us the ability to buy insurance, to leave a legacy. Less debt takes stress off of our minds, bodies, and souls to ensure that we can have lower blood pressure and less disease. Less debt gives us the ability to invest in real estate. In other words, If we're going to reach financial freedom, if we're going to achieve the kind of outcomes that we love to talk about and pray about and clap about, if we're going to buy our own neighborhoods, if we're going to leave some resources that when we die can be used by our families, if we're going to support African-American institutions, if we're going to become philanthropists, it means that we have to earn more than we spend save more than we throw away. Our assets will have to be greater than our liabilities. And my own personal experience is the way you get there is you stop using credit cards. You stop paying high interest. You stop paying last month's bills with next week's check. You stop living paycheck to paycheck. I've also been the beneficiary of having my income increase over the years. But if income increases before you control what you have, then higher income simply means higher expenses, higher debt, and your financial status does not change. As a result of this perspective, I have invited every national black organization to join the Billion Dollar Challenge. The Delta Sigma Theta sorority has accepted this challenge, and it's simply this. By the end of 2020, We are attempting at the D-Free Financial Freedom Movement to help 100,000 African Americans pay off $10,000 in consumer debt. If 100,000 African Americans can do like the Delta Sigma Theta chapter in Las Vegas, Nevada, that has paid off in one year $400,000 in debt, we can shift the money that we were paying to Visa and MasterCard and Macy's and GMAC 
into insurance products, real estate, savings for emergencies. That's the billion-dollar challenge. I have been an activist all of my life, and I have concluded that there is no greater cause than that cause that invites our people to take control of what we have because if you don't use what you have, then you don't deserve what's coming. The Billion Dollar Challenge is at the website BillionDollarPayDown.com. It's simple, it's easy to use, and it's absolutely free and confidential. And so my challenge to you is to accept the Billion Dollar Challenge. Pay down your debt, increase your savings, and launch your journey into financial freedom. Hello and welcome to In the Black, D3's podcast. I am your host, Tamika Sembridge, Executive Director of the D3 Global Foundation. And I'm joined today with my amazing co-host, CEO and founder of D3, Dr. DeForest B. Stories Jr. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Attorney Stembridge, I thank God <laughs> just for life and health and strength. Um, and I am very excited to introduce to you and to our audience someone that I've known for years. And I'm so happy to return a favor that she did for me some years ago when the D-Free book first came out. One of the first interviews I did was with Dr. Nicole Simpson. Uh, she wasn't doctor then, she was just Nicole. But a personality who has leveraged media to not only promote gospel music generally, but to make sure that the message of God and Christ are permeating the airwaves. And she's always a great spokesperson for the kingdom of God and so I'm happy to rejoin her on our podcast to help her um, and her story make an impact on our listeners and our community. So welcome, Dr. Nicole Simpson. Thank you so much, um, Dr. Soriz and Attorney Stembridge. It is certainly a pleasure and a privilege to be here uh, with you on today, especially talking about something so necessary, uh, dealing with trauma in the 21st century and our economics. So uh, we certainly um, are appreciative of, I am appreciative of the opportunity. Great. So, Dr. Simpson, tell us a little bit about how you got started. Dr. Soriz mentioned, you know, your work in and around gospel music, but tell us a little bit about your journey into the space that you're in today. Well, you know, it's it's very interesting it's, and unfortunate that we uh, grow up in environments that are oftentimes deemed traumatic by nature, just in the space in which we grow up in. Uh, and I sort of stumbled into the uh, both the entertainment industry and the financial planning industry. And um, my secondary experience with trauma was actually my experience of September 11th, 2001, mm -hmm. when I worked on the 73rd floor of Two World Trade Center, um, and I found myself um, having to evacuate the building. That level wow. of trauma on that day really uh, sort of shaped my life and how I view things, not only from a spiritual lens, but also from an economic lens, having been uh, in the industry, the, the securities industry, early in life, um, you know, it didn't really resonate or hit home, but uh, just to share a little bit of my 9-11 story so people understand where it is that I came from, um, just when Tower 1 was hit on September 11th, I was located in Tower 2, and um, 
it was nothing but the Lord that really literally ushered me out of the building. I've told this story a million times. And as I was walking down, leaving the 73rd floor, they kept saying Tower 2 is secure, Tower 2 is secure. We didn't have to evacuate the building. And so I got to the 44th floor, which was a common walkway, whether you were going back upstairs or back down. And um, I got on the elevator. And the spirit of the Lord spoke to me and told me to get off the elevator. Mm. And I got off the elevator on the 44th floor. The doors closed and the elevator started to go up. Mm. And not even about maybe 30 seconds later, Tower 2 was hit. And that airplane went literally through the 73rd floor. It was at an angle. It was a little lower than what had hit in Tower 1. And so then the elevators came crashing down. And when the elevators came crashing down, fire exploded out of the elevator doors. Mm -hmm. And so there were people alongside of me that literally were burned alive, but the door that I was standing in front of didn't open. Mm. And so just the experience of 9-11 by itself was traumatic. Then watching someone alongside of you die is equally traumatic. Right. And I was fortunate enough to get out of the building that day and... When I came down and out of the building, based off of where the World Trade Center is, you know that there's um, the waterway, um, you know, um, near Battery Park City. Mm -hmm. And I walked over to Battery Park City, and this is the economic piece that is um, critical for that. I walked over to Battery Park City, and um, they were evacuating the wealthy residents out of Battery Park City. And since I had gotten together with my partner at the time, they weren't leaving me. So I'm a Jersey City native, so I was able to get on um, the boats that were available. But there was no one at the World Trade Center coming to get individuals that looked like me. Had I not been at Battery Park City, I wouldn't have even known that there was an ability or opportunity to get back to Jersey then. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of just allowed me to see the significant disparity between who I was and who wealthy individuals looked like. And so I think that experience in its own right um, really had me to really look internally and see what are you going to do with your life, not only just for yourself, but to help other people manage trauma as well. And I had always been a woman of faith and always been in the gospel industry, but prior to that, I was in the secular industry. And when, got, when I got called to ministry, I said, I need to do everything all in for the Lord. And that's actually how I transitioned into gospel music, which was just emerging in a major uh, way at that time where they were doing media on the level in which I was afforded the opportunity to do it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. I mean, you talk about the intersection of faith, of economics, of finance, and trauma, and you really sat right in the middle of it. Um, Wow. Wow. So what does that look like for you today? Like, tell us a little bit about some of the work that you're doing. Um, You know, how does that show up or continue to show up in your life? And how have you been able to kind of play that out career-wise? Well, I think it's very important um, for us to recognize almost immediately after 9-11, I began to, um, you know, sort of 
attempt to teach financial literacy, uh, not only in the school system, but in the school system, believe it or not, in the prison system and also in the churches, um, because one of the things that was missing was information. Our community is not really well versed in the information when I started this about 20 years ago. Um, and then you have individuals like Dr. Soris, who has been instrumental with a large voice, a mega voice, to be able to share how important it is for us to create our own level of financial freedom. I have been a certified financial planner for 20 years. I've been in the industry for 29, the securities industry. And it was unfortunate, but it wasn't until my first book had been released and um, I became a minister that I would get response back from organizations or churches that I would call. And so the teachings needed to start from the basics of what is finances, who to trust in this particular area. And so I always thought it was very important to be able to educate. And so I continue to write books. I share that information on the radio. I talk about, uh, you know, what the African-American culture and community needs to do, because here's the truth of the matter. When America catches a cold, we get pneumonia and we die. And so we saw it after 9-11. So when the economy began to recover, African-Americans weren't able to recover on the same level or on par. And then we saw it again in September. Um, we saw it again in 2007, 2008, where the recession, the global recession occurred in November, where it started 2007 and went into 2008, where we lost all of the assets that we could have built up, many African-Americans that have had homes for decades lost their um, lost their uh, primary assets uh, in terms of home ownership, lost all of their wealth, lost their income, and we could never get back to the place that we've crawled out of the hole in economically. And so we have got to take matters into our own hands in terms of having not only the level of influence in our culture and our community, but also having the infrastructure. And so... Um, that's what I try to teach, entrepreneurship. I try to teach uh, how important it is for us to uh, not be uncomfortable with, uh, you know, managing, uh, um, you know, having a financial plan or, or learning about assets, learning uh, how debt is correlative to our overall network, how it meant we should have minimal debt uh, as possible and build up on, you know, network and start saving in retirement letting them know that insurance is important. If we love our families, we will get insured, you know, uh, but we have to start at the basics. And so many individuals are even afraid of the basics of a budget, knowing where it is that you start. And so those things took time. And I, I have worked for years trying to not only educate, but uh, make it entertaining as well. And I think that's where media comes into play. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a hard, laborious task, but I think we need to continue to do it because we find ourselves in that same place here today. You know, COVID-19 has the whole world standing still. And now African-Americans who are underemployed, undereducated, you know, are now the essential workers. And they're working hard to keep whatever minimal, minimal level of normalcy that we do have. It's because African-Americans are at the forefront of uh, what we are considering essential but we don't want to duly be compensated, you know, from a society perspective. And so we have to look at that and have the hard conversations called we deserve more. We're greater contributors than society is giving us uh, credit for. 
and we need to push to ensure that um, our needs are being met. So, Nicole, one, as you know, one of, one of, one of the uh, priorities that we place on our message is urging our people to talk to financial professionals. All of the research right. indicates that black people get more information from the barbershop and the beauty shop than we do from really professional trained, licensed, certified people. Um, how, how, how would you like us to explain to people what to expect when they come to see you as a certified financial planner? Because people are afraid they don't have enough money. People are afraid that you charge too much money. We'd, we'd like to say it the way you want us to say it. What should we say to people to urge them to take seriously the opportunity to talk to a certified financial planner? Okay. So I want to acknowledge and just appreciate all of the work that you're doing. I think that is absolutely tremendous. Thank you. But I also think that we need to have more pastors become well-versed in the need and the importance of financial planners because they lead by example. One of the biggest challenges that I have in a congregational context is that the very information that's being distributed starts from leadership, starts from the head. And so when they're not getting the um, sage advice and guidance to go see a financial professional, one with credentials, um, then they find themselves uh, following following the directions of the pastors that may not have that um, accurate information. So if we would be able uh, to train pastors in knowing that it's important to see a financial professional, then I think that that would um, be a very critical step in the right direction. The second thing that I would tell individuals is um, there are two ways to go about it, and, and this is what um, is very helpful, especially for individuals that feel as if they don't have enough money to come see somebody like a CFP, although they should not put that barrier on themselves. Mm -hmm. Different certified financial planners have uh, different levels of prerequisites of who it is that they work with. But every individual can go down to their local bank where they're banking at, and they have right. a series of six uh, licensed professionals in that um, particular banking institution. And so a consultation for many individuals is free. At least you're walking away equipped with education. And right. if you have the education, then you can move another step forward. And so those are the two things that I would do almost immediately to change the dialogue. The third thing, if I could add, is just make the phone call. The worst thing that someone could say to you is that they um, they don't take accounts on your level, but they won't even know that until they have a conversation with you. And if you are equipped with questions, then what you're able to do is get the information as to whether or not this professional is most appropriate for you. Great. Listen, Dr. Simpson, you are a wealth of knowledge. It's funny, I just listening to you talk the entire time. You know, there are conversations that Dr. Stories and I have been continually having since COVID happened, and even before that, and I think I just thank you for versing the African-American perspective and kind of where we sit um, in all of this. I think you, you hit every every unfortunate ailment that we experience, um, but then also giving us stage advice on kind of how to take the next step forward. Um, how do people connect with you, learn with you, get access to the resources, and mention the book um, that you have out there to kind of stay connected to the work that you're doing? Well, um, anyone that is ever looking for me, they can either find me by um, just plugging in my name, Nicole B. Simpson. I'm on all social media platforms and have a website um, to the same thing, which is NicoleBSimpson.com. Um, I do uh, 
seminars and workshops. They're all free uh, just for information. And I do reach out to and have connected with um, different pastors and come into churches and congregations to be able to educate and teach in that regard as well. I am releasing a book. Um, it is actually a revised and updated version of a book that um, I wrote 10 years ago uh, at the turn of the last decade titled Dare to Dream. Um, because of where it is that we are today. Uh, it is very difficult to dream when you have such tumultuous times like now, in the midst of trauma, in the midst of crises. It's difficult for people to see themselves on the other side. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote that particular book at a very trying time in my life. And uh, what a difference a decade makes. And if we stop planning from year to year or month to month or week to week, we'll find that we can accomplish a lot as a collective community, as a culture, if we look a little further out and gave ourselves permission to have at least one or two bad years in an entire 10-year period of time. And I end on um, this note of how important that is. When I entered into 2000, the year of um, 2010, I didn't even have my bachelor's degree. I completed my bachelor's degree in 2013. I completed my master's of divinity in 2016. I completed my doctoral studies in December of 2019. Now, if I would have looked at 2015 when my mother passed away and I was dealing with that trauma, I would have never seen myself at the finish line of 2019. We need to take that approach in every area of our lives because once we deal with the initial issue, then we figure out financially how this does impact us. Everything always leads, begins, and ends with our financial position on how we navigate through the corridors of life. You are exactly right, uh, Doc. You, you are the embodiment of my newest book, which is called Say Yes When Life Says No. You have had, mm. in your personal experience, a series of incidents where life literally said no. But you responded by saying yes and, and allowed God to take you from life's no to your yes. And I just admire that. I thank God for you and want you to keep doing what you do because if you just help one person, it'll be worth all of the commitment and the passion that you display. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, if, if I can, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity to share the information and anyone that is looking for any guidance or direction or at least a conversation, they can reach me on my website or just right. by my name, Nicole B. Simpson. Wonderful. This has been In the Black, Defreeze Podcast. You have Dr. Stories and Tamika Sembrick signing off. Thank you. God bless. Take care. Thank you. Have your traditional defree in-person classes been interrupted by COVID-19? Use our free online defree academy to pick up where you left off and progress on your journey to financial freedom. Once you register for the defree academy, skip to where you left off, or if you're new here, start from step one. Get started today at mydefree.org.